hello and welcome. This is Single Mother Talks. My name is Marita. I'm your show host. I think that we all want to learn more about psychology. I think we've all been caught in the the trap of watching YouTube videos or reading articles, some kind of literature about how to detect a liar, how to appear more confident, how to read someone's body language better, you know, maybe for a leadership role or maybe because you're trying to prevent yourself from, you know, getting into a harmful situation with a narcissist, right? Um, All of us seek out psychology for, for various reasons. It is, I think it's essential for everybody to sort of know more about psychology. It's something that I've spent a great deal of my life um, learning about and paying attention to and, and kind of taking notes. And I have sort of these, um, these unwavering truths, right? And I, and I say unwavering because in order to sort of be a rule in my life, something has got to be constant because the truth is always constant. It is unwavering. That's how you know it's a truth. You know, if it, uh, if it changes over time, it's not a truth. And a lot of it has to do with psychology. Um, some of it's rules for myself, but, but most of it is um, in regards to interacting with people in the world. People are everywhere and you have to know how to connect, how to protect yourself, how to, um, you know, come across a certain way, right? So, so I'm going to jump into this today. I'm going to reveal this list that I have a few things on it rather. So most of these things are very telling of somebody's character. You know, I think that the most efficient way to, uh, really handle any traumatic situation or, you know, any decision making in terms of who to get involved with or who to surround yourself with, right? The first sort of you know, phase that a person goes through is you're, you're trying to assess each other, right? And, or prevent yourself from getting involved with somebody who's later going to cause a lot of trouble in your life, right? So prevention is everything. If you can discern somebody, um, accurately, then you're going to save yourself a lot of damage control, you know, like adversity and, and healing are good things, but too much of it, um, can be sort of counter counteractive. It is just, it's, uh, you know, you can't have too much. So there's some kind of, uh, little, um, quick roots, <laughs> um, to people's character, right? It's amazing what, can be revealed when you just add a little bit of stress to a situation, a little bit of tension, you know, throw something in there that, you know, knocks somebody off of their routine or catches them off guard, you know, and then you really see somebody's uh, true colors. So the first one is to observe how they act under stress or in discord. This one is so big and it is amazing how quickly somebody will reveal themselves when their perfect life or their perfect impression that they're trying to give you is suddenly jolted, (laughs) you know, 
you know, they can't really focus on on this impression that they're giving you. And, and they're, they're caught off guard. And then you really, you really kind of see what's truly there. Right? Um, you know, I've met people in my life where it seems like, you know, they've got, they've got it all together. They've just got their shit together. Everything is so, you know, like, wow, like, uh, like, you know, you, you kind of are just like, oh, wow, I want to be like this person. How does this person pull this off? Everything is so effortless and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, (laughs) and you quickly realize that those are typically the kind of people that haven't really had to go through a lot of adversity. I believe the term is spoon fed. (laughs) I've met a lot of these types where they've had everything sort of um, given to them or figured out for them or somebody is always there cleaning up their mess or to save them or whatever and their life is just sort of effortless. And then the second that they're under real stress or that they have to deal with something themselves, you know, then it's just like, oh, you see all kinds of ugly, you know. It, it'll, it might appear with somebody just handling a situation completely like um, just aggro, you know, either they're, they're shouting or they're blaming others or, um, for example, I remember this particular person and uh, at first I thought it was kind of like, like intriguing, right? Because he acted like such a, like a boss man, right? I was like, hmm. So I, but, but, you know, it was a call to action for me to kind of observe what was exactly going on in this moment. You know, I remember, like, I can't remember what the issue exactly was. There's some kind of a financial mortgage thing or a payment. I don't know what it, what it was, but it, it resulted in him having to make several calls to get to the bottom of it. And then essentially, um, what I want to focus on here is that the, the manner in which he was speaking to the lady on the phone, it was, um, just this, this like pulling of power, you know, like, who do you think you are talking to me like this and doing this to me? You know, it was just like, I'm this, this, this amazing fucking God. And how dare you? And, and this is the way that he was acting, right? And, you know, at the time I had never really met anybody that was so, so incredibly arrogant, right? Like in this manner. And I was like, Neh. you know, but at the same time, it was kind of hot. Like, <laughs> you know, like, it, you know, every girl wants to feel like, you know, the, the guy's in control and he's like, able to handle everything and he's big and strong and nobody's going to mess with him and whatever. There's like a sliver of that in every woman. Um, Yes, of course, I know I'm generalizing, but so it it was sort of intriguing. But then, you know, in hindsight, looking at that, right, like if somebody is talking to, if if somebody is comfortable talking to somebody else like that, like, you know, it's headed your way, you know, like they're going, they're going to use that same behavior on you at some point. Right. And you should never be comfortable surrounding yourself with people who think that they can talk to other humans that way. You know, you really get to a point in life where you realize that all of us, you know, deserve kindness and just a general respect um, and courtesy. And, you know, he, he didn't even know this person. It probably wasn't even this person's fault 
right? But just take that um, cue, that opportunity to be able to talk to another human that way, talking down to her. And, you know, there's a way that you can sort of be a leader, right? Um, it, but, and it, but it doesn't require you to be rude. <laughs> just talk, be condescending. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not a leader-esque quality. The other part to this is kind of watching how they handle, um, stress with you, right? When they're like, it seems like everything is, you know, all ponies and rainbows and butterflies until you have that first argument, that first disagreement, right? And it's amazing. Like I said, when you apply a little bit of stress, you, you see really what's under there, right? And how they deal with that, how they handle that, right? So something stressful happens between you and this person and you get to see whether or not they're going to yell, whether or not they're going to um, resort to uh, being immature, bringing up like little um, things that you've been, he you're hearing for the first time, right? I'm, I think we've all been in that situation where somebody, you know, where you have an argument with somebody and then all of a sudden they start bringing up all these tiny little things that um, you've never heard of before. They're suddenly being brought to your attention that they've been holding against you and not saying a word about it to you, right? And then they just blow up and all this stuff comes out and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, so really watching the way that somebody handles themselves during an argument, you know, a little bit of tension, whether it be with you or with other people is really important, right? And uh, this is a big one for for their parents as well, right? If they're totally comfortable, I mean, I feel like we've all heard this one, but if, if they're totally comfortable speaking disrespectfully or yelling or whatever at either their mother or their father, right? Like that's a huge, that's a huge indication that that person is not mature and that person has toxic qualities and that again that's eventually going to you know fall back on you you're you're going to be talked to that way at some point and i know as impossible as that may seem at the beginning sometimes it takes a year sometimes it takes a couple years <laughs> but trust me i promise you that is how they will end up talking to you so you just picture yourself being on the receiving end of that um, you know, however special you may feel in that moment, like, oh, I'm, I'm special because he, he would never talk to me like that. He's just aggressive and, you know, powerful to everybody else. <laughs> you know, no, I promise you it's going to come straight to you and probably even worse. So the next one is when and how they reveal vulnerability. I have met a lot of men that are incapable of having vulnerable moments. They're just uncomfortable with, you know, showing any true, real, raw emotion and vulnerability, you know, like they're always protecting themselves. Like they just like, or, you know, or they're so out of touch with themselves that they're enabled to connect with that vulnerability. You know, that's, that's really important, right? It's, it's, you don't want to be, vulnerable with somebody uh too soon right because then you're kind of you're giving somebody the keys to destroy you right <laughs> the keys to the kingdom your vulnerability is precious and um you know you really want to assess 
when to to sort of be more open with somebody, right? But over time, you should see, you should have these moments, right, where you're you're able to be vulnerable with somebody or you're able to listen and observe and, and you know, allow somebody to have a vulnerable moment, right? And if it just never happens, there's no vulnerability, then I would really err on the side of caution because that is somebody who is not in touch fully with themselves. They're disassociated with some aspect of themselves. How do they respond to you when you're being vulnerable, right? Like generally, if they're disconnected from their vulnerability, they're not going to know how to hold space for your vulnerability. Um, There's one really important thing that stands out to me about this. Um, and I always say that, you know, like, if I see this in some form, it's like somebody has got some serious dark triad psychology going on. And, you know, it's really dangerous to be around this kind of person, um, because it will manifest in, in, in some way that's going, that's going to potentially really hurt you. And it's the act of kicking somebody when they're down. It's when you're vulnerable and somebody is, you know, trying to intentionally hurt you or make things worse for you or, you know, whatever, when you're already down, right? So it takes a real special (laughs) kind of human to see somebody that is suffering, you know, already down and to want to inflict more harm. That is a really fucked up thing to do. And, uh, and I've, and I've seen it and it's not always, it's not always like just in your face, you know, where this person's just being an asshole. I can recall a time where I was living in this really shitty situation stuck with, uh, with my narcissist and, um, and I had two Huskies at the time and they had gotten out somehow. I don't remember exactly how they had gotten out, but they're roaming around the neighborhood. And, (laughs) you know, if anybody knows Huskies, they love to roam, but they're just like, oh my God, I'm free. I'm having fun. And they're just having the time of their lives. And so it takes them a little bit before, you know, they actually want to wind down and and come back or whatever. And in that moment, he turned to me and he said something along along the lines of, uh, you know, way to go. You're such a shitty dog owner. And, oh, they wouldn't have never gotten out if you did this or whatever. Like, he took that opportunity, right? And he knows how, and it was like in the middle of us fighting or something or whatever. I was extremely distressed. And I think I was like crying and just like miserable. just having the worst morning ever. And then the dogs get out. And then he turned to me, saw the state of things and, you know, behaved this way with me. And I just remember thinking in that moment, wow, that is so fucked up, you know, kicking me when I am down. That is like next level evil bullshit. So, you know, but then I've seen this, that would be a more obvious example of when this happens, but then I've seen it also in uh, like people getting amusement out of fighting with people, right? When they get into these immature um, battles in, in dealing with some sort of conflict, right? And they're just firing off these one-liners, intentionally being hurtful. 
and they're like amused. They're getting some kind of satisfaction out of it, right? And so in that moment, there's all this tension and conflict. And instead of just like, you know, being pragmatic and mature and dealing with the situation appropriately, um, you know, they're, they're throwing, they're, they're trying to be hurtful at this point and just saying a bunch of immature bullshit and sort of kicking the person when they're down because it's already tension, there's already conflict happening, but, you know, they're going out of their way to make it worse and taking all these cheap shots or whatever at the other person who's, you know, already hurting just as much as you are in that moment because it's fucked up or whatever, but, you know, it's an opportunity for them to just to show that and, and to, to see that amusement, that satisfaction that they're getting out of it, right? That's fucked up. It's fucked up to, you know, get some kind of gratification out of, you know, uh, causing more harm onto something that's already harmful. So the next one is how do they behave when you implement a boundary? You know, are they respectful of that boundary? Do they, they, do they go, oh, come on, you know, or, oh, wow, that's a weird thing to say. Like, why would you, you know, why would you have that rule for yourself or, or whatever, you know, like if there's sort of a reaction to it that, um, you know, that isn't, isn't very respectful, then that's a red flag. Um, something you want to avoid. The other part to this is, you know, you can start making boundaries at, whatever point you want to, right? Like, I think that some people get used to you not having certain boundaries. And then, you know, then you start making some boundaries. And, you know, that's when, oh, you've changed. Oh, why are you whatever? And it causes a lot of conflict, right? But it's okay to do that. It's okay to start making boundaries you know, at whatever time, right? And it's the same thing, right? If this person is reacting to that boundary in a bad way, you know, if it, even if it is new, right? It's, it's not respectful. I don't give a shit if they're your best friend and have be, have been for years and years, right? If you start saying, if you start implementing boundaries, like, you know what, I'm not going to go out tonight or you know, I don't want to do that. Right. And they're just like, oh, you know, meh, meh. they're just giving you all this pushback. It's just like, fuck off. <laughs> you know, like I don't have an obligation to you just because you've known me for this long, you know, and in reverse, right. Somebody who doesn't know how to respect boundaries. Um, I can pretty much guarantee that they don't know how to have boundaries in their own life, which is also a red flag. Because if those are the kinds of people where if they don't have boundaries in their own life, then they're not going to know when they're doing something that is uncomfortable to them. Like when they're accepting behavior that is uncomfortable to them. And then guess who's going to pay for that price when they suddenly clue in that they didn't like that, right? So you're going to proceed assuming that everything is okay because they have not implemented any boundaries. And then you're going to get penalized for that. <laughs> because they don't know themselves well enough to implement boundaries, right? They'll suddenly be like, you know, it'll be one of those moments where they'll, they'll throw something in there that you've like, what? I thought that this was okay because you said nothing about it and it'll come out in the middle of a nice steaming conflict, <laughs> you know, and then you'll be totally caught off guard and it will be very confusing. You know, it's very important that people 
know themselves well enough so they know how to implement appropriate boundaries because otherwise things get really things can get really messy right when because then you you just you you're proceeding on the confidence that you're trusting that they know what's okay and what's not okay right like okay and then you can take that information and proceed how you want to go right and it's kind of like it's kind of like uh you know if they don't have the appropriate boundaries how are you supposed to you know assess and discern them properly um you know with the information that they're giving right so it can often feel like okay well i thought that you were this person all along <laughs> so i proceeded thinking that you were this person but then now i find out that this wasn't okay and this wasn't okay this made you feel this way and blah 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 and then you're not you're totally somebody that i didn't think that you were right and then <laughs> it's just so messy and confusing so you know boundaries are important and i just you know i think that 90% of the world's problems could be solved with everybody knowing how to respect and implement boundaries. And the next one kind of plays into this, right? Are they generally always agreeable? Because <laughs> if they are, that's a red flag, right? That's sort of an indication of somebody who doesn't have boundaries, right? If they're always agreeable like they're always going yep 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 that's okay yeah it's fine no problem yep 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 right um it it's it's not it's not realistic like we're all humans who are very different who like things don't like things and are comfortable with this or not comfortable with this right and it's impossible for somebody to be completely comfortable with everything and if they are, that just means that they don't, they either don't know themselves well enough to know what they're not comfortable with and not and comfortable with, or they don't know how to implement boundaries. So the, this next part, I'm going to get into like personal integrity. You know, I have a rule in my life where I don't say things about somebody that I haven't already said to them or I'm literally gonna, you know, I haven't said to them, but I will say it to them like that day, you know, um, or soon. Like it's just something, a line that I won't cross because I think that that gossip is extremely toxic and, um, you know, just being two-faced and, and not being true, right? Having a resounding truth to you where you are kind of the same person, you know, like behind closed doors, you know, you know, out in the open, whatever. So um, something to watch for is when you have somebody in your life and they're talking about how they dealt with certain situations with somebody, right? Um, yes. And then they did this and then it's just like, okay, well, what what did you do? Right. <laughs> and they tell you that they didn't handle it in the manner that's true to how they're feeling about it right if they're saying oh they're so upset he's being so fucking immature she did this oh my god i hate her i'm gonna break up with her blah 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 or whatever it is right um and they're really upset about it and they're telling you about the situation but the way that they dealt with it was they just ignored it <laughs> or they didn't express how they truly felt 
you know, in a mature way, or they, 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 they didn't deal with it at all. They just literally passed it off, you know, and are now venting to you about it. You know, that's a, that's a reflection of somebody not having personal integrity. That's a reflection of somebody who um, gossips and has the potential to gossip with you. And I think that's like the worst thing, right? When you have people in your life and, you know, they should have your back. doesn't matter who's in the room with you, with other people. You know, there's nothing worse than, than, you know, like having people in your life that you trust and then, and then them you know, like disrespecting you this way. It's just not cool, right? So that's something to watch out for, right? Is how they explain to you that they've dealt with situations, right? You want a person that goes, okay, yeah, this thing happened. And it's like, well, how did you deal with it? Yeah, well, I just told them exactly how that made me feel. And then this was the result of that, right? That's the mature way to deal with conflict or really upsetting things that happen to us or whatever is you get it off your chest. You have a conversation, you deal with it like a mature adult. And so this one sort of plays off this whole idea of personal integrity, right? Watching the way that somebody behaves around their friends and in their environment, right? Are they generally unwavering, right? Do people change when they're around certain people? And, you know, this one is like, it just, it just reflects a lack of confidence um, maybe a lack of self-awareness, right? When when people sort of chameleon around groups, you know, e- like even deeper than this, like if their value system seems to change after they've spent some time with people, right? Like I've talked to people who like are trying to convince me that they're like, <laughs> I'm on board with this certain set of ideologies and I want to live my life this way and yada, 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 Right. And then they're hanging out with this group of friends and getting up to no good. And then afterwards, they're like reconsidering everything that they just finished telling you and um, just behaving completely uh, in contradiction to what they were just sharing with you. Then it's like, okay, (laughs) you know, and I get that people should be allowed to grow and evolve and figure out their mistakes and and whatever. But if this is like something that's a pattern that you notice that that happens where they sort of just chameleon so effortlessly, right? Then it's just like, okay, you don't really have a strong sense of self, do you? Um, And I would just be, just be wary of that. So the next thing that I want to talk about is something that I call momentum versus presence. And I find that there's sort of two ways that a human can live their life. A third way, if you can really truly evolve as a person, the first way is a lot of people are caught up in the momentum of life, right? It's, it's go, go, go. It's distracting myself with this thing. It's my never ending to-do list onto this and onto this and onto this. And, you know, the other way of living life is through presence, right? Where a person is really sitting in each moment and, you know, being aware of everything, being mindful of everything, being very connected to themselves and their thoughts and their emotions. Um, and sort of the 
ultimate way, I think, of navigating life is being able to do both. Because there are pros and cons, you know, to having two extremes of that, right? Purely living in the momentum of life. Obviously, you know, not being mindful and, and not being able to sit without distraction, right? Not being able to just go to the park and enjoy the smells and the sounds and everything else without being stimulated somehow. That's where you see a lot of people who have, you know, addiction issues, right? And I've mentioned before that addiction is so abundantly everywhere, you know, and it doesn't always look like, you know, a heroin addict passing out on the street. Addiction can look like, you know, coffee in the morning and lots of screen time and always having to stimulate yourself somehow, right? Um, And it can look like just not being able to slow down. There's just always something you've always got to be moving. You can never just kind of stand still, right? And this creates addiction issues, right? Like, you know, I've met people who you know, they're really busy and stuff, just very, very proactive, you know, people. But then when things get hard or there's like emotions that need to be dealt with, there's situations that require slowing down and having presence, they just literally can't do it. And then so they turn to things like, you know, drugs and alcohol and and stimulants and, you know, just, just, just distractions, right? Like, um, you see this a lot with narcissists, right? I was involved with this particular fellow and um, it was just like either he had a cigarette or he was drinking a beer or he was, you know, doing his drug or he was, you know, on the phone in a, you know, quote, business call or he was, you know, I have never, I had never seen this person ever just like go for a drive and throw on some music and just like listen to the music or go for a walk outside with no phone and just like look around at the birds and the trees and stuff. And like, I have never, I had never seen them just enjoy the stillness of life. It was always, he had to be stimulated somehow. Right. And so, you know, there's a really important aspect to being a human where, you know, it's, it's like, there's a spiritual side to living and that's where you you're, you're in your mindfulness, right? And a life without some kind of spirituality with, without some kind of mindfulness is an empty one because you can't feel, you can't feel the, the depths of something bigger than yourself, right? You can't feel the vulnerability and the connection and, you know, the, the things that you carry around with you, things that have happened to you where it's affected you that you need to process it, right? You need to, to grieve it, to be aware of it, to give it space, right? And when you are lacking in having this mindfulness, this spirituality in your life, and you're constantly just go, 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 going, you know, that stuff needs to be unpacked. It's got to have space in your life, right? And then you just, you'll, you'll be functioning and that will manifest, you know, the the lack of being able to unpack that all will manifest in your life and you're not going to feel good. 
over time as a human. When you are greeted with those moments where you've got to sit with yourself, it's going to be so fucking uncomfortable to do that, that you're just going to, you know, continue on with the cycle. What can I distract myself with right now? Because I can't sit with myself because there's all the discomfort of all that shit that you haven't unpacked, right? And it just continues. It just continues. You keep on stimulating yourself so that you never have a moment where you have to sit with yourself, right? And so the other side to this is not having enough momentum in your life and you're too mindful. (laughs) This is the thing. You need to have discipline in your life and you need to have some momentum. You need to have ambition. You need to have a thirst and a hunger to do something bigger than yourself, to, to contribute to the world. And when you're sitting and contemplating and, you know, feeling everything, being aware of everything, thinking about everything, and that's all you're doing, right? You are not, you're going to be stuck because you're not executing things that you can be proud of, right? It's important to humans to have purpose, to complete tasks to create things you know we have to accomplish uh producing things right that's what we're here to do is we create things we make things we produce things and if you're too mindful then you're not able to do that right because it's taking up too much of your space and you can't execute something and if you can't execute something you're not going to have anything to feel good about. And then you're going to think about that and become even more immobilized. So I feel like the ultimate balance in life is to have, you know, the harmony between momentum and presence and be able to, you know, um, not teeter too far into one or the other. And, And that is the ultimate mode of living to me from what I've observed. Another one that I want to throw in here is, uh, you know, specifically pertaining to liars. Um, Lying is a very, it's a very obvious thing, right? And so I would say that if you encounter anybody that just lies, you know, very abruptly, right? And it's obvious and they've been caught and whatever, you know, I would really question whether it's worth it to have that person in your life, right? Depending on the situation, but because it is such an obvious uh, choice of disrespect, because the thing about liars is that, you know, liars, they either change for the better or they just become better at lying. And most of the time, they just become better at lying. You know, so I would, it, it can be just messy because if you decide to give this, grant this person forgiveness, right, um, then they're going to really buckle down and tighten up their shit and be even more manipulative, more sneaky. And it's going to drive you crazy trying to, you know, you know, wondering if you can trust them and it's going to cause more problems down the road and it's going to be worse. And, uh, it's just, it's just not good. Right. Lying is one of those things where, you know, I put a lot of value in my personal integrity. Right. And I just, just lying to me is such a, it's such a filthy thing to do. So I would just caution, right. Like if somebody, if somebody is just caught like outrightly lying, you know, I, for me personally, it would just be, distance immediately 
So only under special circumstances, I don't know, granted on who the person is or how they came across or whatever, right? But the other thing to this is that, um, you know, <laughs> especially with a narcissist is, um, you know, they can be caught lying, but then you have to remember that these are like the most charming, most amazing uh, performance artists, you know, in the world, most likable, you know, just dazzling people. And if they're caught in any regard, they're going to give you the performance of a lifetime and they sell, they sell people on their performances. Right. And so you'll find yourself just being like, oh, okay. Yeah. That doesn't seem so bad. Or like, oh, he's just blah, blah, blah. Right. And, um, and then you're just back in it. And now they know now they've just been tipped off on kind of the level of your intelligence if you're able to catch them in that lie and they will tighten down their performance around you to be able to get away with what they're doing. So I don't know. Lying to me is one of those things where it's gross and it's usually just means, okay, bye, you know, as soon as it happens. But but there are some people who can lie and who can really, you know, take responsibility for it and change for the better. So not to completely negate all possibilities. And I think the last one that I'll throw in here is to really pay attention to, you know, who are a person's closest friends? Who are their circles? You know, because it's not so much that, you know, that saying where, you know, you you are who your friends are, right? But it's, it's that those are the people that they're turning to when things go wrong, right, for advice. Those are the people that are sort of the mentors in their life and they're going to be guiding them to some degree. And so if you happen to get into a situation with somebody, right, you're going to look at their friends because that's who they're going to go to for advice. And if you don't have any respect for their friends or you think that they're not (laughs) very uh, intelligent people or whatever, guess who you're, that person that you're having discord with is going to go to for advice, you know, about you or the situation or whatever. Of course, it's not going to be good. (laughs) If you already have a bad feeling about them or whatever, and you don't like them, then, then, you know, those are the people that are going to be involved in the situation, right? From, from guiding your friend around what to do, right? So it's important to, to look at who the mentors are in this person's life, you know, are, are these the kinds of people that are good people to take advice from? I think that's the last thing that I would put in there. But so those are a few, uh, you know, psychology tips, I guess, on how to read a person's character. Um, and I hope that you took something from this today and that, it, you know, it'll help you in some way some things that I've learned in my life. I'm sure I'll do another episode about about more of these because there are a lot. <laughs> but as always, thanks so much for listening.